Welcome everybody to the world's finest source for DC News, the DC Comics News Podcast. We are on episode 132 on your host, Brad with me today is the incredible Seth Singleton, who is recovering from some surgery. So welcome back, Seth. And uh, Thank you. how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm glad it's now. If it had been previous to Wednesday, I was so, like, I just sounded like I had a closed, stuffed nose the whole time. Like, just the most, you know, like, classic cartoon character. I have a cold. I bet, I bet, I bet. It was, it was pretty awesome. But I can breathe now, man. And there is no, breathing is awesome. Breathing yeah. is the best thing in the world. I'm so juiced. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, we're glad today? to have you back. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Sorry uh, I missed uh, the time with you and Steve. I, I know you guys had a great time, so I'm looking forward yeah, we'll, to uh, you know getting my share this week. Yeah, we'll we'll all be on again together soon. Soon, I hope. So yeah. we're gonna have some um, movie news, some TV streaming news, some comic news, and a little bit of music news. Uh, so uh, we can jump right into it. Uh, first, in the uh, movie news, is that uh, Flash, the Flash movie cinematographer, is saying that it's a complex movie of a massive scope and not really a comic book movie. Uh, what was your What was your take on this? Seth? Well, I, I love the idea, one, of not trying to, you know, fit any sort of formula that might be established in the minds of readers or fans. You know, that there are things that, that work so well. We, we've talked about it. I, I think I've harped it so many times about, you know, how influential the Superman movie was and how even before they do a Marvel movie, they stop and watch that and then they sort of get that tone. But it's not like they're following plot point A, B, C, and D with that. They're getting the tone from it, right? Kind of like the spirit. And I think that's what really caught me uh, You know, looking this over. Um, I'm totally going to blank on his first name, Braham. Um, Henry, there we go. I, I love what he says when he's talking about the idea of, one, wanting to, uh, to fold in the history. But two, I, I think he really sort of nails the idea of saying um, it sh- it's going to come across as a movie. I'm... I'm you know, hack slashing his quote here, but it will come across as a movie. And that's what it is. I think that's the way these things need to go. We need to be making great, great, great films that happen to have superheroes who have truthful characters behind them with all the character flaws that, that really sticks for me because it's one of the fundamental strengths of a great comic book movie is that it's also a great movie that we actually care about the hero and the villain about the supporting cast, about why the story is important for all of us, like what the message is and, and what it's trying to say. And I think also, you know, there's there's a, a clear sort of like understanding and reverence to getting Michael Keaton on the project and having him lend that sense of not only like gravitas, because the man is Batman, just ask him, um, <laughs> but also the fact that he he's been around since the inclusion of Batman to the storyline and he knows how influential that movie was much like Superman and how it is he gets to sort of be that anchor where he can also sort of give perspective of which I think is one of the great things we're talking about sometimes what was going on at the time we're referencing certain things whether it's Superman 78 or Batman 89 there was a mentality there was a spirit there was a reason why um things come up the way they do so I just love this this moment where he's looking and he's going here's where it's going to work it's going to be a great movie, first and foremost. And I think when you start with that intention, it, it works out pretty good for the rest of us. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you made some some great points. Uh, and I like the idea, too, that not only did they make it seem like, you know, they, they want to tell an emotional story, but on the more technical side of things, that they're really going to try to make it look good and unique as well. And when you have that combination of a character-driven story and some really forward-thinking filmmaking going on uh, from a technology perspective, you could be in for something really special. But you know, and it looks like you, you know they are focusing on that core idea though of that character-driven story, and that's going to be the heart of it. Where you put all this other stuff on top of it, this really new kind of technology and the look of it it's just it's 
it could really be incredible. And I think that given the fact that we already know it's going to be kind of a multiverse based story, it's going to have to be complex, uh, yet human. And uh, I, I think that they know what they're doing and they have a good vision in mind. And I think it's in it's going to be in good hands. So once again, one of those stories that just makes me you know, more excited uh, to see what's what's coming next. Oh, man. And I was going to say, you know, as soon as you were talking about technically complex, I was thinking about uh, Tenet, which I thought was a very mm-hmm. technically complex movie, but also told like a very beautiful human story to it. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. You pulled at the strings because. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying that. I mean, that's funny that you bring that up because I, I was. I was going to bring up the idea of it feels like a Christopher Nolan movie, but we've we've seen Christopher Nolan in the DC universe and how incredible that can be. And this seems inspired, but radically different. But, you know, but I love that you got you took that away from that story, too, that there was a kind of a Nolan-esque thing going on. Definitely, definitely had that feeling. And I definitely had a, a little bit of and don't forget what they did with Watchmen. Right. Because that was like the big lesson, like whatever you thought, (laughs) you you, you end up with something wildly different and yet beautifully original and more blessed in both ways. So, yeah, I I think you definitely nailed like, hey, what's technically complex? It's it's not like it's going to get, you know, too caught up in itself, but it's going to use some great things to do some beautiful things like what a great combination. Right. Little spirit. And uh artistry with a little technical prowess yeah absolutely absolutely uh, up up next speaking of excitement uh robert pattinson has come out and promised that this batman is going to be radically different than any other batman we've seen so seth did this make you more excited for the batman yeah i think what really you know caught me was uh the fact that we've got we've got a director saying that you can have it be practical, but I also thought it could be the most emotional Batman movie ever seen, ever made, uh, seen. Um, (laughs) and I I think there's also something great about him saying, I'll get a little bit uncomfortable for the nine minutes I have. And then the rest of it, you know, I, I can't wait to see how brought this world to life is like, you know, even Farrell sort of chiming in with that. So those were just some great reference points for me, just with the idea of like, okay, what they're saying about it, because also, you know, emotion can go a lot of different ways. <laughs> it's not just about the sad, the weepy. There's, there's an opposite to it. You know, this is a, a boy who grew up, you know, facing a tragic loss that, you know, drastically shaped as my dog chokes over that, uh, drastically shaped his life and his vision and his mission. And, it, it it it's interesting for me because I love it when you start thinking thinking about the the whole pathos ethos like what is the spirit behind what these guys are working on and wh- when you hear these suggestions like these are things that they're they're kind of queuing us up for so for me it just makes me think like wow I really enjoyed because we were just talking about Tenet I really enjoyed Pattinson and that totally swept me I was like this guy nice work. I'm, I was really excited about him for that. So knowing that I can see this range from him that I experienced recently in a movie and then the idea of seeing, you know, what we know from the trailer as well as what this is suggesting, there, there's a real recognition of how well they intend to do things, how surprised we're going to be by it. And I, I think we also saw how powerful emotion can be. Look, look how amazingly emotional uh, Joker was in so many ways. But done correctly, it was just... I mean, it was so powerful. You know, there can be emotion that that feels like it's manufactured and there there can be emotion that feels like it's found and, you know, uncovered and revealed. This has some great potential to do that for a character like Batman, who we all think we know. And if this is a movie that can show us something new, I think they're pointing out something where they're like, look for this. This is where you're going to really start to. That was my, uh, (laughs) before I continue rambling, what do you think, Brad? Uh, You know, I... I, I am definitely intrigued. I, I think that Robert Pattinson has a very a very good grip on the character, whether it's Batman in general or the specific Batman that Matt Reeves wanted to bring to the screen. And 
I am glad that it's going to be radically different because we have seen so many Batmans on screen at this point. Uh, we've seen the dark, we've seen the more comic book version, we've seen the completely over the top camp, uh, and we've seen like a a gritty, basically a crime movie. Not you know, the guy talked about the Flash not being a superhero movie, but the Dark Knight was more of a crime movie than a superhero movie. So we've seen all these different versions of Batman. So I can't wait to see what. Matt Reeves comes up with as something totally different that we have not seen on screen before. So that makes me interested. And I, and I do think that Pattinson is going to surprise a lot of people and uh, do a great job. Uh, th- that may be the point where people forget the vampire and remember him as Batman. So we'll see. And look, if you are still having your doubts Go watch some of his other movies like Lighthouse and Good Time. You'll you will change your mind. So yeah, I am so psyched. This makes me more and more excited. It also mentions that um there was some other footage shown, and I hope that we get to see that at some point. I would love to see uh, another another trailer. Yeah. And, That's just more yeah. icing, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Love the icing. You know, there are those people out there that say, I'm not even going to watch a trailer. I want to be completely, go into this movie completely blind and open. Not me. I cannot, I, I do not have that kind of willpower to not watch a trailer. So <laughs> I would, I definitely want another trailer. Bring on the uh, aging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And up next, uh, we got a update on the filming for Shazam 2. Uh, what was your take on this? Actually, we're still working. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. the thing that I got from this. You know, like, wow, I'm so excited for you that you think that we're done, but we're not. <laughs> and actually, we're still hard at work. So, you know, before somebody goes like, hey, why did they wrap so long ago? And now they're like in production and still like post-production. And what's taking so long? No, actually, we're still filming. So we'll tell you when it's done. <laughs> And then then you can sort of know um, we're close to being done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love that it, the person who did it does not appear to be the official voice of Shazam or uh, DC. And I'm not going to put this person on blast. It's just when I read the name, I'm like, that's a great handle. But I don't think you're the person who speaks for the film, let alone Warner Brothers or many other entities who I think would be, you know, kind of the authority when the movie right, stops. Right. I don't know. So I, I get a kick out of that. But I also just sort of laugh. You know, it just feels like one of those things like, hi, hate to be that guy, but <laughs> Brad, what'd you I, You know, I... Uh... I'm not surprised they're not done, but I think this is one of those rumors that had to be corrected. It's not one of those things they can leave out there because just like you said, there are going to be people out there. Well, you said you were finished filming so long ago. Where's where's footage? Where's this? Where's that? So they did have to correct it and take your time. You know, get, I, I, I don't rush. Do you know? Uh, we you know, these days we're no strangers to waiting on movies. So, you know, take your time, make a great film. Uh, so I'm, I'm willing to wait. And they are. And it's good to know, too, that they are getting close to done. So that's good. And I, that makes me think that we will probably see um, some footage, maybe even a full trailer for fandom. So uh, kind of look forward to that as well. And I'd love to see a speaking of Shazam, a Black Adam trailer then, uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson, it looks like we got a little bit of an update and tease about uh, the DC leaks of Super Pets uh, movie. Uh, So what was uh, what do you think of this? I I get a kick out of some of this where it's like um, (laughs) we're going to tell you some stuff, but not quite everything. Did you notice that? Yeah. Uh, you know, clearly we're uh, 
aware of the fact that um, you know we know who the cast is. We we know that Kevin Hart will be uh, Bat Hound Ace Ace the Bat Hound, and and for the most part, it was just sort of like um, uh, it was pretty fluff. It, it clearly wanted to sort of like say a lot more about like oh you know these are reasons you should be excited, but also in a lot of ways it was just like wow it's so great when you have two great people together. Uh, I didn't uncover any like amazing like gems. I got a kick out of the fact that I was like, wow, I don't feel like this is giving me a lot more than, Hey, these are great people. And it's going to be great of which I have no doubt, but I was kind of looking for just a tiny bit more. I don't know. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, it was, it was a nice little hint. And I like that. They're saying that fans are going to really like what we were doing. So, uh, I appreciate that. And I'm kind of looking forward to this. I think it could be a lot of fun. Now, if you if you've seen um, any of the Jumanji, the new Jumanji movies, you can see that uh, Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson have a funny chemistry. So watching them, you know, work together, hearing them, I guess, working together uh, will be a lot of fun. And I think that they can bring that same chemistry they had in the movie to this animated movie. So I like that Kevin Hart is going to be uh, involved. Uh, and who doesn't want to see Legion of Super Pets? Uh, you know, Crypto was, I think, one of my favorite characters in that first episode of Titans' third season. So I'm all about Crypto. So, yeah, this should this should be fun. And maybe that's something else that we'll get a trailer for uh, at Fandom or at least more information. Because I'm sure that a lot of The Rock's time right now is being consumed by black adam because he's so involved in so many aspects of it so um yeah uh to get a good black adam movie again i'm willing to wait so moving on uh it looks like and this is a good this is our last movie story but it also kind of segues nicely into our tv streaming news because it looks like we may see the peacemaker series premiere in 2021 uh what was your take on this yeah this one was kind of interesting for me you know the fact that that the peacemaker series uh <laughs> is still scheduled for 2020 to 2022 even though there was like this chance or idea that it, it could be showing up in 2021 um i thought overall you know, it's nice to clarify things for folks. It's nice to make sure, you know, there's kind of this idea of what is and isn't actually happening. But I mean, for the Peacemaker series, I'm, I'm clearly going to, you know, be looking forward to what, what I think is going to be a really cool mission for him. You know, he presents himself as one way in the Suicide Squad movie. And by the end of that movie, it's clear that for this spinoff to happen, there's some major points that are raised that, that you know, are questions he's going to need to answer. You know, I mean, (laughs) he raises a very contradictory statement in uh, Suicide Squad when he points out all the things he's willing to do, violent things, in order to achieve peace. And clearly, you know, that came to a head at a significant moment in the movie. How he can rectify his sort of logic with being the type of hero he can actually be and what he might actually be able to accomplish. That could be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of you know comedy, and um, I, I think for the most part, I just like the fact that it's like heads up, the date's wrong. Let's go ahead and fix this for you. So you know, I love any time we get things clarified, but I love the fact that at first it was like it's going to be sooner. Wait, what? Hold on. And I think that just goes to some of the excitement everyone's feeling about how soon can we see this? Because Suicide Squad was that good. What'd you think? Yeah, exactly. I think that there is a certain strike why the iron is hot mentality uh, I, I know there's been talk that it didn't really do well at the box office but the buzz around this is still really powerful and people have really responded positively to it so i think that the quicker they can get this out the better off so i i i'm glad that we will see it in 2021 although they it was it was scheduled for january of 2022 so it's not like at this point it would be that much longer that you'd have to wait but um it'd be a nice little christmas gift if they debuted uh debuted the series in early december so i like we'll see yeah yeah 
yeah, stay tuned. Uh, maybe we'll have more information on that soon. So moving on into our TV streaming news, uh, looks like uh, we know who the villain is going to be in the mini crossover that's going to start off the Flash's uh, eighth season. Uh, what was your take on this? I like the Sparrow. I, I really get a kick out of the character. Um, I, I distinctly remember him from the Bwahaha days of the Justice League International. Um, I, I distinctly remember the Breakdown series when it, it definitely took a really fun comedic turn. I mean, they actually had uh, John throw the line of the Sparrow into Elrond. Uh, <laughs> it, got, it got pretty wild from that point on. Um, but, you know, I, I do remember, too, the, the idea of, like, faith that was brought up in the uh, Justice League animated series. I thought that was a really cool concept that they used with the Green Lantern story. So there's a lot of directions you can go with this, and I think it's pretty interesting. Now, here is where there's a strong chance that um, <clears throat> some members of uh, this podcast might not like me for not knowing who Tony Curran is because I don't watch Doctor Who regularly enough. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> but I am well aware of the fact that um, I think I've seen him. I think I saw him on, like, he looks like a character I remember from, like, Marvel's uh, Daredevil. And they brought in Punisher on Netflix. That's my yeah. thing. I think yeah, he played the Irish crime boss who, like, you yeah, know, I think you're right. what's his name and brings the dog into the story at one point. So yeah, that's yeah. where I'm seeing him from. Now, in that, he was ruthless. He was just, like, yeah. utterly ruthless. And putting that behind Despero, wow, now you've got some really interesting fire. Because one of the cool things about, you know, Despero is the way he can use that third eye, the power behind it. And then on top of it, he's just physically just a very powerful specimen so also i'm just intrigued you know what's going to be the big like hey you're on earth what are you doing here why are you messing with the flash you know you, you can you can touch on some ideas just by going to the link they've got for the uh the armageddon story but at the same time you know you're well aware or i'm all aware of the fact that when it when it comes to how you can use him um, it can go in a lot of different directions based on what we've already seen. It can go in a lot of other different directions because of how well we know the CW and, and other properties have used these characters. So a lot of great things to enjoy. I'm intrigued. I love the character. I think he's going to be really fun for the Flash series. I've loved what they've been doing on the Flash. Yeah, that's my that's my <laughs> two cents. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm I wasn't completely familiar with uh, with Tony Karan, uh, but I I'm curious what you know what the design of Despero is going to look like. Because like you mentioned, he's a very physically imposing character. So are they gonna is it going to be practical effects? Or are they going to use a kind of CGI and have uh, Tony Karan voice the character? So I'm curious about that. Because these days, technology is cheap enough that, you know, even on a TV show that has to spread its budget out over a, an entire season, they could still use some CGI. So I'm, I'm curious what the character itself is going to look like. And I, and, and I just love that we are getting at least a mini crossover here soon and that we're going to get to see Black Lightning again, because that was such a bummer that uh, Black Lightning... Uh, ended after four seasons, but we're getting Chris Williams back in the character, so uh, I'm I'm excited to see that. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious on how that's all gonna gonna play out. And on next TV streaming news is that it looks like Catherine McNamara will return to the Arrowverse as Green Arrow in Flash season eight. Uh, what was your take on this? Well, much like the. Uh return of Cress Williams. I'm hopeful that this could be an opportunity for them to see how well these characters test with audiences. And if this could maybe be a way to uh, get the green light, as they say in an industry, I know nothing about. I'm probably just like using some hacking term from like 50 years ago. However, 
I'm pretty sure they do something positive in which they make a show happen. And Mia Smoke presented a lot of interest when she first appeared, and there was some hope for, you know, some kind of a spinoff. I mean, here's the other possibility. You know, what if we put together, like, a really interesting Outsiders team with Black Lightning and Smoke and a few others and and have some fun in a different direction? I I think mostly it'll be fun to have all these characters back. Um, I think including her, including Cress Williams, um, you know, sort of also folding into the mix, uh, Batwoman. And um, <laughs> I think the fact that there's also this idea of where could some of the Supergirl characters, like, uh, is it Kyler Lee or Lay? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's How Lee. it is, is it Lee? How it is that they could maybe have a future after, you know, those shows come to an end. Because Black Lightning ended and now Supergirl is coming to a close maybe there's a future for these characters together in some sort of combination. You know, maybe some of them would be part of a team and others would be reappearing guests. I like the idea that it it leaves that open for the fans right now. And Hey guys, tune in. The more response you have, the more the studios will feel comfortable about maybe doing something more with these characters. That's the way I look at it. I don't know. Brad, what do you think? Yeah. Just like, you know, I, I totally agree that I, that it's, it's cool to see these characters coming back. So then, you know, you're absolutely right. Those characters that leave shows like Supergirl when it ends, they can still have a future in the Arrowverse or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, I, I love that idea. And I, I was always kind of bummed that that spinoff series never materialized yet. So maybe bringing, bringing her back for... Flash season eight, it'll get that interest going again, and uh, you know maybe we'll get that that series after all a little bit down the road. So you know, fingers crossed on that one, because I think you know I it's hard to find a DC fan that doesn't love at least one of those shows. So uh, you know the the fan community is definitely there, and we all want to see it continue. So I, I'm I'm all about spinoffs and and things like that so with that we will take an ad break and hear from some sponsors and we will return with some comic news and a little music story so stick around we'll be right back this is seth singleton from dc comics news here to tell you about the spinner rack each and every week dc comics publishes so many great books it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight.
Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. (laughs) Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively on YouTube. And welcome back to episode 132 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, This episode, Seth Singleton and I are talking DC News, and we are now up to the comic section. And our first story is that Joshua Williams is going to be taking over the Batman title with issue 118. Seth, what was your take on this? That I would do exactly what Williamson did if it was me. I would immediately slap that up on Twitter with a big old cover shot. (laughs) (laughs) Praise Jorge Molina and be like, dude, guess what I get to do? It's well earned. I mean, so well deserved. The man has done an amazing thing when it comes to his work on The Flash. Uh, when it has when come to so many different projects recently, it's like his hand's been everywhere. Uh, I feel like he's written so many key characters. And I also feel like, depending on how far you want him to run, he's got the vision and the ability to write numerous, like, sprawling, multi-part arcs, epics. Um, and I also feel like he's really comfortable taking all of these characters that Tynan has dropped into the Batman, you know, universe as well as into the minds of readers and saying, Hey, this is fun. I like to play. 
And I really think he's going to have a great time. I also think the art uh, in these covers looks phenomenal. And um, I, I feel like overall, between what I've seen, I've got the Batman Supermans he worked on. I've, I've got his work on Justice League, you know, his Dark Knight's Metal. Like, whenever I see a story that's written by him, I sort of smile. Like, this is going to be good. And that's my feeling as soon as I heard this story. Like, yeah, Batman 118, huh? All right. Mr. Tyne the Fourth. Well done, sir. Now, time for Mr. Williams. I'm, I'm, I'm totally excited for it. You know, there's, there's some great writers out there that I'm like jonesing for when they get the chance to do something like this. And it's just like when they announced the Tom Taylor one recently with Dark Detective, like with this one with Williams. And I'm like, nice. This is going to be fun. What do you think, man? I got to start off uh, by getting a little flicky fashions on this one. Uh, I am all about bringing back the oval. On the bat suit behind the bat symbol <laughs> on his chest, That's because now, yeah, <laughs> because <clears throat> it reminds me of when I first started reading Batman comics, and I had the Kenner Batman figure, and that had the oval, and that always, I always kind of get nostalgic for that costume. So I, 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 I like that they're bringing that back. And I like that he pointed that out, the Oval's back. And, yeah, I think that um, he, his profile within D.C. is just growing and growing and growing. Uh, I, I think he's got a great future with uh, with the company. He's already had some great runs uh, on some Bat-related titles. So, yeah, I, I say I say welcome aboard. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see what he does, you know, in the fallout of whatever happens in uh, fear state so yeah welcome aboard i think that i think that he's going to do a uh, a great job uh sticking with uh batman news we got a little bit of news on the 2022 event shadows of the bat uh what was your take on this yeah as far as batman i think we've seen him going on this um journey further and further away from all of the comfort he had with Wayne Manor, you know, he's lost the manor. He's moved to the Brownstone. He's been working out of the sub, you know, the sewers. He's got these mini, um, bat caves that he's been operating out these sort of satellite ones. And one by one, those different protections are falling away. And on top of it, there's, uh, this feeling of, you know, days being numbered, being hunted, you know, I, I really think that there's a, a need for Batman to sort of, Go on a journey and either discover or rediscover different things that are going to be important for him to continue his mission. And during that time, he's got a pretty awesome crew. You know, there's you know this, the Robin story and a few others that are being prepared to sort of fill the void. But this is also something that I remember happening with the uh, during the uh, uh, New 52 series. You know, Batman was out there on a journey you know, going back through all of his old training and sort of, and, and I think we've done that on a few occasions. So now it'll be interesting to see, like, what is it behind this journey? You know, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been interesting so far, just seeing all the forces that he's fighting against. Um, but I, I kind of felt like this, this leaving, um, it's been coming. Um, and I feel like there's just been this, developing idea behind it's it's not like one thing's happening and oh i gotta go <laughs> it's like all of these things are happening and things have to change you know there has to be uh, i think like a systemic change for batman and i think this is a really smart thing that's been in progress and i also feel like it's going to be a really great journey not only for those stories about what happens to gotham when he leaves but also for the journey he's going to be taking on so I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. You know, I, I love every chance that a character gets to reevaluate what they're doing. You know, we recently had the story about Superman finding himself in a position where he's going to need to leave and take on new challenges and responsibilities and leave things uh, in the hands of his son. Well, I think likewise, Batman has to um, go out in order to become more. And I think it's going to make for some really great stuff. What do you think, man? Yeah, I think it's pretty bold to, you know, go right from one big bad event 
in Fear State to the Shadows of the Bat event, basically on the same day, because uh, Shadows of the Bat's going to get its first chapter released on the same day as Fear State Omega and DC and Detective Comics Annual 2020 uh, Annual One on November 30th. So that's that's going to be a pretty big day in comic shops for Batman fans. So you know, at, you know, I'm, I'm I, I love the idea of him kind of branching out from Gotham, but the heart of it is I am really curious about what's going to happen in Fear State to the point where he feels like he has to leave Gotham altogether. So this almost makes me more excited for Fear State to see what's you know what's going to happen. So yeah, um, <laughs> say it every week, but. Great time to be a DC fan and a especially great time to be a Batman fan. I don't think Batman has been this popular since 1989. So it is just uh, another kind of golden age alone just for Batman. So, yeah, this is uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. And up next is we uh, got a little preview from becoming the Aquaman the becoming issue one. Uh, what was your take on this? Complete excitement. I absolutely loved what they were doing in Aquaman with the future state series. Um, the, the relationship that was growing between um, Aquaman um, or Arthur and his wife, their, their daughter who, I mean, she's the, the blood legacy, but his his ability to really be the mentor she needed um, was such a great thing to see. And now getting to watch him become that person um, and see what it is that he's going to go through and learn so that the events of Future State could take place the way they suggested. That, that's a lot of exciting stuff for me. Um, also is the fact that he's got a very nefarious father. And I like the way this story is going to point directly to uh, events that were talked about in Fear State, which is, um, or sorry, Future State, which is, you know, just how much of a problem he is and, and how significant he is to being a catalyst to those stories. Uh, again, here he's a big factor and it, it puts Jackson Hyde in a really tough position. And it's also going to show us, I think, a lot about his character. What did you think? Yeah, I, you know what, I, I loved the, um, the page layouts that we got to see in this preview. There's something that seemed very cinematic about it. I almost felt like I was watching a movie. And when that is done well in comics, it's it's so much fun to read. So I'd already kind of been looking forward to this. This makes me more excited actually seeing interior art and pages. So yeah, this will definitely be on, uh, on my poll list. And... Uh, uh, some not so good news is that uh, we learned that DC supply of comics for Batman Day may be a little limited. Uh, what was your take on this? It's a bummer. I'm not going to lie. You know, I mean, there there were already some, you know, suggestions, you know, being made about um as it is two dozen comic books and collections that there's just a lot of things going on. Look, I was trying to help uh, my mom recently, like look at a newer car. And one of the biggest challenges we came up against is that I guess there's a shortage of chips. You can't, you can't get cars on the road because there's a chip that runs them. And without that, no, no dice. And that was the biggest factor was, you know, um, she needs a newer car. She needs something a little bit smaller that she can handle and, the, the one that fit the bill, they were like, well, we need to look into what's available because there's this shortage. So there's this shortage of supplies kind of all around. And uh, I get that certain times it's going to affect us. So kind of a bummer um, that it's happening. And yeah, um, Batman Day, you know, it, it, you want it's you, you want everything to go well. Hey, uh, I've got a niece. It was her birthday yesterday. And they wanted to have a pool thing and they got there and it started thundering and they had to close the pool because lightning and <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man, there's what you want. Right. But then there's also like the reality. 
And I, I get it. We would like things to, you know, go a certain way. But I also say, hey, you know, there's a reason why I'm the optimist. And it's because I saw the way and we've all seen the way that we responded over the past 18 months, two years. And I think really positively. So it's unfortunate and it's disappointing. But I also feel like uh, it's a great opportunity to also develop a closer relationship with your LCS. <laughs> Reach out. Let them know how much you want to get these and, and find out just what your options are, you know. But, uh, hey, you heard from us now. Reach out. Let them know as soon as you get the chance. And hopefully it doesn't impact your Batman day uh, too badly. But at the same time, I'm just going to remind look how much we've already overcome. We can handle this. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, it, 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 it is a bummer. And, yeah, I, I had my own LCS run into some issues uh, last week. I, I, uh, I've been saving myself a little time and running to my Jersey shop instead of going into the city. And uh, they, they got a box of DC Comics late. So I had to go back on Thursday to pick up half of the DC books. So, yeah, that was that's kind of a bummer. But I think that um, my, my advice for fans who are afraid they're going to miss out is dig a little deeper and find a little bit of a lesser known comic shop. And if you don't know about it, then maybe some other people don't either. So it'll be able, you know, you'll be able to find all those issues that you want to find on Batman Day. And it'll help support these smaller comic shops. So I see you just have to make the most out of a kind of a crummy situation. But uh, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully these supply issues will be will be rectified soon. Uh, jumping back into some Aquaman news, we got the uh, kind of story list and creative team list and covers for the 80th anniversary 100-page special Aquaman anthology that is coming out. Uh, what was your take on this? The covers are phenomenal. I mean, ab- absolutely. Uh, the fourth one there. The uh, the the one with the mouth of teeth and Aquaman stabbing with the that's just pure genius. Yeah. <laughs> like I was looking those over and I was like, that's it, that's my favorite. Um, great list. I, I really get a kick out of some stuff like you know the the references to a little Arthurian myth with the uh, Lady in the Lake by uh, Michael Morici, Morici. Um and also um, you know just the the combination of, of writer and talent. You've got quite an impressive mix in here. And some great sounding titles. But yeah, if you're looking for just a little bit of like that, like eye candy, dude, go check out these covers. They're absolutely gorgeous. Um, I don't know if you can hear it. I got a painting French bulldog. He's like, oh, dude, those are so cool. So cool. Yeah, huh, buddy? Yeah. Hey, what'd you think, Brad? Uh, yeah, these anthology books are always so great. And especially with these 80th anniversary issues, though. I never know what cover I'm going to get until I'm actually in the shop and whatever comes over me and I grab the cover that I want. But right now, I think I'm leaning into that. The King of the Sea Strikes Back Against the Axis one, the one that the the really uh, old school looking one. I think that might be the one that I grab. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Once again, the creative teams are are amazing uh, and I, I can't wait to see what they do um so you can't go wrong with these books and i think also these books are a great introduction to for people who either are not familiar with the character or want to get their kids or friends or somebody they know into the character this is a good way to go so yeah i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this and the art looks the covers look amazing and continuing on with a little bit of Aquaman news, looks like we get a little bit of a hint of some One Piece characters in uh, in the Becoming number one. Uh, what was your take on this? This was kind of a learning experience for me. I was not as familiar and still really am not with uh, the swashbucklers of One Piece. So <laughs> I was kind of getting a kick out of like, say again? So what now? There's hats. Okay, hold on. Where's the hat? Wait, say what? So yeah, man, this was kind of fun for me. Just like 
it was like when they first came out with those 3D eye puzzles and you'd have to stare at it forever and you're like, I think I see it. Wait, do I see it? I think I see it. <laughs> What'd you think, man? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this one. Um, one Piece is kind of intimidating to me because there have been so many episodes so <laughs> many comics i wouldn't know i wouldn't know where to begin and i feel like it would take the rest of my life to watch half of what's out there when it comes to one piece but one piece is so popular i think that it's a cool little hint to throw those characters in there i think that's a nice little uh um easter egg for fans so hopefully there's some one piece fans out there who never read aquaman that'll pick it up just to uh just because of that but um yeah i uh i I wish i knew more about one piece i wish i i had more experience but like i said there's just there's just so much out there that it's just it's almost overwhelming it's like you know these days it's hard enough to keep up with new content that's cut that's constantly being released let alone going and catching up on an anime that has hundreds of episodes so uh yeah (laughs) there's just not enough time and uh, our last bit of comic book news is that we got a preview of the midnighter annual uh what was your take on this well for starters um it looks awesome <laughs> i mean there's something great about that cover i love the feel of yeah, it yeah i love the I cover love too it. yeah yeah um and i really love the uh the backup stories and i'm scrolling through real quick because i just wanted to check um and i'm looking for because i wanted to confirm with myself before i started just talking but that's riley rosmo doing this one right I that looks so. like that looks like yeah her. yeah. But when I was scrolling through for the credit, I suddenly realized I was like, hey, before I just go mouthing off, and now I can't see the credit. No, actually, it looks like. I mean, on the cover, I don't see Rosmo's name on there, yeah, but the yeah. art totally reminds me of his style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like halfway between like Kirby and. Uh, 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 Michael Alrod, I'm pronouncing that name right. Yeah, I, the the art is really is really cool. Yeah, I really so like I the, where it gathered its inspiration. <laughs> yeah, um, and I also love the fact that we get to see little Mister Miracle in there because that was something that was kind of building up nicely in the uh, the future state um, Superman was Worlds at War, uh, where mm-hmm. he was over you know uh, dealing with Mongol. Over on Warworld, they had the uh, backup stories going on with uh, Mr. Miracle. And I know I'm talking like everybody's read those, but if you haven't, (laughs) uh, this was a really fun thing. And you want to catch those. That was a really fun one. They were doing a nice Midnighter story that, you know, they ended up continuing some of it, I think, in Action Comics. But um, it it was a lot of fun for me. So I'm really excited to, to catch this annual now and, you know, see more Midnighter. Uh, great character, really enjoy. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really like having the authority characters in the DC universe, and Midnighter was always one of my favorite characters from that. So, yeah, I like uh, I, I like whenever their profile is raised a little bit in the DCU. So uh, I, I'm all for this annual. And yeah, like you say, I, I I also liked the Midnighter backup stories that were in Future State. So. And I'm liking the Mr. Miracle stuff that's going on now and went on in future states. So I like seeing those worlds collide uh, as well. So, yeah, this is this is another one I'm looking forward to. For sure. And our last story of the episode, uh, the band Butcher Babies has teamed up with uh, Escape the Fate singer Chris uh, Mobbit for a song based on Lobo called It's Killing Time. Uh, what would you take on this? This was so much fun to discover. I, this story cracked yeah. me up the moment I came. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? One, they're, they're called Butcher Babies, right? And yeah. two, yeah. they're totally inspired by the bounty hunter <laughs> known as Lobo. 
And um, I love the fact that the song is called It's Killing Time, Baby. Um, <laughs> and that they originally wanted to write a song about a bass pitch on a spaz frag. So like, I love that they're clearly first in the material. And, um, you know, you got you got to love it when you got vocalists saying we're fragging stoked to bring uh, our latest band. <laughs> Holy frag. <laughs> like, just the... And I listened to the song. It was pretty wild. Uh, I was getting a kick out of it. I was like, okay, this is this is pretty interesting. And I think it just continues to raise the stakes for like Dark Knight's death metal. Like, yo, guys, you might need another schematic concept album to go with the series because Lobo's already got his own. And I'm just, 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 just putting it out there. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, I love this. I, I, I'm a music nerd as much as i am a nerd nerd <laughs> so i love this idea and one of the things that got me into music initially was that i heard that this band anthrax had a song about judge dread called i'm the law so that took me kind of back to those days my early days as a music fan of those things that got me into music and i just i just love when they bring in those comic inspirations into their into their music because it's such it, there's so much to draw from to write songs about, especially if you are a metal band. And it seems like there are a lot of metal musicians that are comic book fans, just like there are a lot of hip hop artists that are uh, comic book fans as well. So it's just fun to see those those worlds cross over. And the song was fun. And even though, you know, we. <laughs> I, I think that overall, us on the podcast are not the biggest Lobo fans per se, but it's still cool that they're still writing songs about him to this day. So yeah, this was this was a fun story. Um, I like it when the the worlds of music and comic uh, collide. And I'm looking forward that, to the uh, Batman. Uh, who is it? Uh, the Batman who laughs. Can we get a Batman who laughs song? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> they they did put out a Megadeth shirt that I do want to order with the band's logo with the Batman Who Laughs uh, artwork on it, which is really cool. So check that out. That's definitely a shirt that I want to get going flicky fashions again. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about the Batman Who Laughs getting a song written about him as well. So, all right. Well, that wraps up another episode of the DC Comics News podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Brad Flicking. With me was Seth Singleton. Seth, why don't you tell me and uh, the listeners where people can find you? Oh, man, you can find me here with the greatest gang you're ever going to stumble across. I'm talking about the DC Comics News podcast gang. You can find me here on the weekly podcast, hosting the Spinner Rack, my top five picks from DC Comics. And writing uh, reviews whenever I get the chance to tell you all about a, a really fun title. So come find me here. Stay around. Play a lot of episodes. Get to know us. How about you, Brad? Where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me <coughs> writing news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can also find me on the uh, Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, also part of the DC Comics News Network podcast network, as is, like you mentioned, Spinnerack and I'm the Knight. And as far as DC Comics News, you can uh, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. So listen, rate, and subscribe. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to also check out our other shows on the network, The Spinner Rack, I Am The Night, and The Mad Love Harley Quinn Podcast. You can check out our YouTube videos with our uh, our co-host Kelly Gaines doing DC Comics After Dark. So with that, we will say goodbye. But before we go, we'd like to end each episode saying something that everybody should be doing. And that is to read more comics. comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye, everybody.